Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. On Sports Bites. Let's dig in. Ah, yes, it's that time again. It's time to dig in on Sports Bites. Welcome in, everybody. Hope y'all are having a good day. For those of you in parts of the country that have been hit hard by cold snow, ice, We've had kids at home for six days now, a six-day weekend, school being canceled, but stick tough. Hopefully this little 30 to 40-minute podcast can kind of get you through the rest of the week. So they got another short week, two days of school, almost like a little mini spring break before spring break, but a lot to get into today, a lot to get into. It's kind of a reaction Wednesday, if you will, after the NFL playoffs, some big news in college football, and you know we'll, we'll just dive right in, Okay. We're going to dive right into one of the biggest stories in college football in a long, long time. Alabama, you know, there have been some rumblings about Nick Saban and if he was going to retire. He retired. Was it a surprise? A little bit because of how far they got this year. Making it to the semifinal, you know, but he made the comments. It was one of the toughest years that he's ever had coaching. He's getting up there in age, and he made the comments about you know his age was affecting things, right? So, gotta fix my my collar. Looks a little floofy back there, but so this now starts a process, a chain of events start going, and who's going to be hired? Dan Lanning secures his spot in Oregon. You know, you hear all this stuff. Who's going to be next? Mike Norvell's going to stay at Florida State. Um, Sark is going to stay at Texas. But they go out. And I tell you what was interesting was Greg Byrne found his man. We are thrilled to welcome Kalen, his wife Nicole, his daughters Alexis and Avery, here today as we introduce the next head football coach of the University of Alabama, Kalen DeBoer. They went out and got Kalen DeBoer from the University of Washington, a guy who's won everywhere he's been, developed, helping develop Michael Penix Jr. to a Heisman Trophy finalist, getting his team to the national championship game. Now, they didn't fare well in the game, but not many teams fared well against Michigan this year. So now he comes to Alabama, and you know the thing about this is I try to tell people, living in the South like I have since 2016, going on almost eight years now, being big into college football and being around what the SEC is, I hope Kalen DeBoer understands the responsibility that he has just taken upon himself. The University of Alabama, it's... I mean, I know there's college football teams out there and there's programs that don't like losing seasons, but championships are expected. If you don't win championships, you're going to be out the door pretty quick. But Kalen DeBoer has won. Kalen DeBoer, you know, possibly bringing in some guys from Washington, Grubb as offensive coordinator, 
trying to secure guys. And Kalen DeBoer was a really good um, interview. He was a really good, you know, little press clips and stuff. He, you know, he wanted to thank Coach Saban and Miss Terry. Had wanted to have meetings and meet with all the guys individually. So kudos to him doing it right. I mean, not many people would turn down that job. Uh, you know, now there's a lot of pressure, especially because you're following Nick Saban. And, you know, the old saying of leave it better than you found it. You look in the dictionary and that that's Nick Saban right now from what happened, what was going on in Alabama before he got there to what it is now. Unbelievable. One of the greatest six national championships at the University of Alabama. I mean, like I said before, on one of these episodes, one of the stats that's unbelievable is the fact that he had 29 losses. That's it. In 17 years. That in itself is impressive. But he had more first-round draft picks, 44, than losses at the University of Alabama. But now this is going to start this trickle effect, this domino of Alabama has their players 30 days to hit the transfer portal. Now, it looks like a lot of them are either going to Florida State or Texas. Isaiah Bond goes to Texas. Rodell William goes to Florida State. Caden Proctor hits the portal. Um, Caleb Downs, you know, reports on that he may lean towards Georgia. He was one of of the best freshman defensive backs in the country. Caleb Downs was a freshman All-American left tackle. So now they have 30 days. Well, because Kalen DeBoer came over, now Washington players have 30 days. Washington hired Jed Fish from Arizona. Sooner fans, you know, he, he had that team rolling. He did something special at Arizona. Not since, I would say, the Teddy Bruschi Desert Swarm eras of Arizona football. But now what's going to happen to Fafita and those guys? I mean, are they going to start dispersing around? So then who takes Arizona? So it, it, And we still have the opportunity of the Michigan job to be open. And even if they hire somebody internally, say they hire Sharon Moore, those players still have 30 days that they can hit the transfer portal if they want. But if they pluck a coach from another university, that universe, so so on and so forth, you know, it, it goes down and down and down and down. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out if Jim Harbaugh takes a job in the NFL. You think about Alabama, Washington, Michigan. That's three of the four teams that were in the college football playoff would have open transfer portal for 30 days. Now, some people think it's kind of, it's not good. It's putting Alabama and those teams in a bad situation because the majority of all the, the portal players have been picked up, signed, and it's just, these guys are just choosing where they want to go. So it's not like they can get a replacement. Now, there's other portal times coming, but it, it's what college football is now. It is what it is now. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is now. And, man, it's going to be really interesting. But Kalen DeBoer takes over as the 28th coach in Alabama history. Welcome to the SEC. It's going to be a lot of – this is going to be a very interesting year in the SEC. Kalen DeBoer takes over, what Ole Miss is doing in the transfer portal, the incoming new teams of Oklahoma and Texas. How is that going to go down? Georgia, can they get back to the playoffs? Who's going to be the the it team? Is it going to be Ole Miss? Can Missouri keep the momentum from the year? A lot to get into with the SEC. But it was super wild card weekend, NFL playoff time. Now, as a Commander fan, we weren't there. 
We'll talk about that later on in a couple weeks as the season comes to an end, what I think the commander should do in the draft. Try to get some people on to talk about that. But it was an interesting weekend. I watched every single game, and I was very surprised at a lot of what I saw. And I say that because two first-year, well, I say first-year, two quarterbacks making their first appearance and in the NFL playoffs decimated teams that I thought were going to win. I thought the Cowboys were going to be flying high. Nope. Done. Green Bay smacks them. Love it, quarterback. Fantastic. I'm going to go over and have some clips and stuff there. But the Houston Texans, again, I, I said an episode or two ago, I have never been more wrong about somebody, and I will openly admit it that I was wrong. I got it wrong. I did not believe in C.J. Stroud. I thought maybe he was a product of that receiving core he had at Ohio State. Emeka Abuka. Marvin Harrison Jr. So on and so I mean, we all know the guys that were playing at Ohio State. But he has come into the NFL. And for me, for me, I think he should be in the running if not win the NFL MVP. Houston was rocking. D'Amico Ryan's first-year coach. Man, they got it going. Big run to set this up. And what could be the final play of this first quarter. Fake the pitch, find Collins. Got good blocking. Collins has the corner, and he finds it. Touchdown, Houston. What a response. Boy, I tell you, Nico Collins... That's another guy that not a lot of people had on the board as far as being a great pick or that he was going to be something huge in the NFL. Had a phenomenal year with C.J. Stroud, okay? He's done phenomenal. Now, Cleveland with Joe Flacco, playoff Joe, 16 starts in the playoffs. I kind of thought that was going to give the Cleveland Browns an advantage. Hunt the running back. Third and goal. Hunt up the middle. He goes over the top, and he's in. They tried. They really tried. But Joe Flacco just didn't have it. C.J. Stroud and the Texans did. A couple weeks ago, gave up 13 pressures. We got Fant in at left tackle. As this one goes to Brevin Jordan, the tight end. Makes a man miss and then shows off the speed. Jordan, pedal to the middle. He's gone. Touchdown, Texans. 76 yards. Brevin Jordan, 76 yards. To tie it in. He's pulling away from people. Unreal. Unreal. Flacco. Pressure comes. Gets rid of it. It's picked off. Steven Nelson takes it away. And he's looking to go the other way. Nelson has a convoy down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. There's a lot of pick sixes this weekend. But the Houston Texans go on and win 45-14. C.J. Stroud, I thought, had a chance with what he had did in the first half to maybe set an NFL rookie record for passing yards in the first in a, in a playoff game. They kind of backed off. You know, they backed off of him a little bit. But Stroud was 16 of 21, 247 yards, three touchdowns. I, I, he could have thrown for a lot more. Could have thrown for a lot more, guys. 
But it didn't. Joe Flacco, 34 of six, uh, 34 of 46, 307 yards, two costly interceptions. That pick six you heard. No ground game for the Cleveland Browns as we speak of. 56 yards rushing. You know, Houston didn't have much either. I mean, they had 76 yards, but 66 of that came from Devin Singletary. Nico Collins, six catches, 96 yards. David Njuku looked really good for the Cleveland Browns. But I, I gotta I gotta tip my hat, man. The Texans now 10 and 7. They move on. They're gonna go to Baltimore and play a very exciting ball, which I think is, you know, a lot of people have Lamar Jackson as your MVP. Well, I think you have the two front runners right there. Just saying. Next was the frigidly cold Kansas City Dolphins game. The Kansas City and the Miami Dolphins game. And you're hearing reports coming out like it's going to be one of the coldest games in history, like the Packers, Cowboys, the Frozen. Uh, I mean, just bitter cold. And if you're outside and exposed skin, you get frostbite. Like, it was, it was terrible. I saw videos on social media of people pulling out bottles of water and then freezing. There's pictures all over social media of people who set beers in their, like the cup holders in their seats, and the beer's freezing and bubbling over. I'm not doing it. I love my teams, Oklahoma and Washington. I hate the cold. I'd rather sit in a hot stadium and smell B.O. than freeze. I've done it one time. Never again. It was actually in Kansas City for the Big 12 championship game between Oklahoma and Nebraska. The coldest I've ever been for that long. This game really was kind of a dud. The most exciting thing was really when Patrick Mahomes' helmet cracked because of the cold. Now, of course, that company, Vices, is having to come out saying the, the helmet did what it did, you know, did what it's supposed to do. So, But again, the team made for January football comes out. Tua struggles a little bit, doesn't look good. Patrick Mahomes seems to be in his element. Kansas City started early. They had some help. Too much Isaiah Pacheco early on. Of the 11, Mahomes running across. Race brings it into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. What an opening drive. It was a great drive. And I'll tell you what, Rasheed Rice, the rookie from SMU, had himself a ball game. He was eight catches, 130 yards, a touchdown. Travis Kelsey had seven for 71. I love watching Isaiah Pacheco run. He runs angry. Mahomes added 41 yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire added uh, 21 really tough yards. And the only big play that Miami had resulted in this Tyreek Hill touchdown. Second and one. Tua fakes and takes the shot downfield for Hill. Got to come back. Tyreek got it inside the 10. Keeps running to the end zone. Touchdown, Tyreek. Tyreek, but I tell you, again, just watching it, the, there was never any, I never felt threatened that Miami was going to do anything offensively. Two was 20 of 39, 199 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Just not overall a great game by the Dolphins. But of course, that's not their element. I just, I, I it's kind of sad, kind of sad. Well, then came Sunday. That was the first two games on Saturday. Sunday, 
And I was intrigued about the two games because you had the Packers, Cowboys, Lions, and Rams. Now, the Lions and Rams, to me, turned out to be the best game of all the playoffs. Because every other playoff game was a blowout. And I know a lot of people talk about college football and the blowouts and the playoffs. But what about the blowouts here? When is, you know, someone going to, let, let's, let's have a committee put the eye test teams in. And I say that in jest, guys. It's, it's sarcasm. But the storybook of the NFL, people talk about the NFL scripted. The script of this game was juicy. In comes Matthew Stafford, the longtime suffering Detroit quarterback. Traded away, goes to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl. Jared Goff was with the Rams. Now he's with the Lions. The Lions having an unbelievable year. Unbelievable year. It's a playoff game at home. The people of Detroit suffered. You got Eminem on the broadcast. And I noticed there was no outcry of Eminem like there is for Taylor Swift. Just saying. But Eminem's coming out telling Matthew Stafford, hey, guy, I, I, I performed for you after you, you know, even after you won, I supported you. I rapped for you. Just give us this one. And the way it started, I thought maybe Detroit was going to run away with this. Right back to Montgomery, to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit. David Montgomery. Guy runs hard, too. 14 carries, 57 yards, one touchdown. Jared Goff, 22-27, one touchdown. 277 yards through the air. And one of my favorite players of all, Amon Ross St. Brown, seven catches, 110 yards. Sam Laporta was able to play even with a bad knee. But I'll tell you, the best receiver on the field has to be Puka Nakua, the rookie who set records. I think he's going to win. Off <laughs> Let me say this. I don't think he's going to win because I don't think they're going to give C.J. Stroud the MVP. I don't know if you if they would put you MVP and put you as the NFL Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. But Puka Nakua, what he's done is unbelievable. Nine catches, 181 yards, and one touchdown. I mean, really, he's you know, Cooper Cup had five for twenty-seven. He's, he, I think, he's kind of on the downslide. Matthew Stafford still has an arm. Sacked twice, twenty-five to thirty-six, three hundred and sixty-seven yards, two touchdowns. Now, it is sad to hear that Kelly Stafford, uh, you know, was commenting on how people in Detroit were booing her and the kids. That's it's not cool, guys. It's not cool. But Matthew Stafford, he was dealing. He's going to get settled here for the Rams. Third and one. And Stafford and Trey Nakua, who's open down the sideline. He's got it. Nakua inside the 10. Finishes the run with a touchdown. Tough, tough football player. That's one of those diamonds in the rough. People didn't really believe. Man. Jameer Gibbs, former Alabama running back. Looking good. Detroit pulls away. Or they go up late. The quarter lined up in the backfield and they switch it out here. Fourth and a long yard. Two for the touchdown. Goff looking to throw. Throws back to the inside. Laporta. Touchdown Detroit again. They're three for three. Yeah, they come out scoring in their first three drives. Touchdowns. Bam, 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 bam. 21 points. But again, Matthew Stafford fighting. Finds 2-2 Atwell for this long score. 
Edwards bring an extra one. Anzalone's picked up. Stafford throws. It's caught. What a throw to Tutu. At low. Bye-bye, Tutu. Touchdown, Rams. But I tell you what, what I like what Detroit's done defensively. Alex Anzalone, Aiden Hutchinson, really, they, they, they play well. They play really well. But it was late. Came down. Fourth down. Detroit holds. Gives, you know, the, the Lions the opportunity. And Jared Goff kind of took it on his own. Made a couple first downs. Then they were able to kneel it out. And secure the victory for Detroit. This is done. And Detroit, for the first time in 32 years, your Lions have won a playoff game. Have at it. Have at it. I, I love that call. And it was crazy. I, I say crazy. I understand. Sports has a connection with certain people. If you're a fan of a team, a team like Detroit Long Suffering, there was people crying in the stands. I mean, they made the comment, you think about it, nobody has ever been able to text a friend and saying, hey, my team, the Lions, won a football game. It's crazy. That place was nuts. And you know what? They're going to host another one. They're going to host again in the divisional round. But Detroit wins that game 24-23, now 12-5 and on the year. Another week to kind of get you know a little more momentum going. But I tell you, I, I love what I saw. I love it. I love seeing Detroit have that success. We're going to jump ahead to Monday's game because this game is supposed to be played on Sunday. But the amount of snow and the dangerous snowstorm, as they call it, forced the Bills-Steelers game to be moved back. Again, another one to where the Bills scored 17, but I never – or the, the Steelers scored 17. It was 31-17, the Bills, victorious. But I never felt like – Pittsburgh was going to do anything, you know, if that makes sense. I never felt like Pittsburgh was. And now, it was a seven-point game late. But I still didn't. It wasn't that close. Buffalo got going real early. Tenth play for the Bills. Just inside the 10. To the end zone. It's caught. It's Knox. Dawson Knox with a touchdown catch. Dawson Knox. Now, I tell you what was great, and I love seeing it. All the videos of people coming paying twenty dollars, getting paid twenty dollars an hour to come and shovel out snow. But when they would score, the fans are throwing snow up in the air. Outstanding, love it. Keep that energy. Josh Allen, twenty-one of 30, 203 yards, three touchdowns. Mason Rudolph, the former Oklahoma State Cowboy, twenty-two of thirty-nine, two twenty-nine through the air, two touchdowns, but a costly pick. Now, the Bills had a good running attack. Because you got James Cook and Josh Allen. The Steelers didn't have a lot going. Jalen Warren only had 38 yards. Najee Harris, 37. George Pickens had a costly fumble. Their leading receiver was Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, five catches, 76 yards. It just it, it was not a great game. Dalton Kincaid, Stephon Diggs all had big games for the Bills. Buffalo kept rolling, though. He confirmed that he had made a football move and it was a catch. So here's Buffalo from the 29. Right down the middle, they go for it. They got it with Kincaid, the 
this time the recipient of the Josh Allen touchdown. Tells you right there, Kincaid, one of his three catches. That's a score from 29 out. Buffalo. Now this play right here, let's put him up 21-0. And I tell you, or 21-7, sorry. Pittsburgh scored him in 29 or 14-7. This one made it 21-7. And this showed the ability. It almost looked like a fake slide, but Josh Allen showed that he's dangerous. Josh steps up, and he's going to get the first down. Oh, and there he goes. No one's going to get him. Incredible breaks it for the touchdown. 52 yards. 52 yards. But the Bills, victorious. They're going to host the Kansas City Chiefs. They won 31-17. Now, Jerry World. And being a Washington fan, when I lived in Oklahoma, a ton of Cowboy fans there, okay? A ton of them. So I had to deal a lot with Cowboy fans with me being a Washington fan. And I thought in this game... There's no way. Jordan Love making his first playoff appearance. The Cowboys, the defense, everything was going on. Jordan Love was not phased. One bit. And I tell you who else wasn't phased was Aaron Jones. Love. Jones getting near the goal line. Is he in? He is. Touchdown Green Bay on the opening drive. Aaron Jones, one of his three, three touchdowns. That unbelievable. Unbelievable. Green Bay continue to pour it on. Here on second and goal to keep that streak alive. Aaron Jones up the gut, surging forward. He's in. Touchdown, Green Bay. Second touchdown for Aaron Jones. And then Jordan Love was just showing off. Here's Love. Pressure. Back foot throw. End zone. It is caught for the touchdown. Dontavian Wicks. Well, it was crazy. He made this throw. And again, a back foot throw. And they started bringing up clips of Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now what Jordan Love is doing. They're going to get the comparison. But he goes in. To Jerry World, Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Field, whatever they call it. And again, Cowboys lose a home playoff game, 48-32. to And it wasn't even that close. I mean, the Cowboys scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. But again, it was never really anything because Dak was playoff Dak. Only has one catch on four targets. Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off, and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. The look of anger on Jerry Jones. I'm surprised. I I thought this was going to be the first time that a coach got fired at halftime of a playoff game. Dan Quinn, there was a lot of talk about Dan Quinn possibly getting some head coaching interview. You look terrible. 
That third touchdown that I played, I don't understand why Dallas runs a zero coverage blitz. Third and seven inside the red zone. You just left the middle of the end zone open. And that's where he hit him. I, just, I don't understand that call. Now, I know Cowboy fans are going to say Micah Parsons has been hold, you know, held all year. That that's that's on the whole team. On the whole team. Dak finishes 41 of 60, 403 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I bet you Jerry Jones called Bill Belichick before the game was over. Like, hey, get you down here. I don't know. That was bad. I mean, they they looked they looked bad. They really looked bad. And then came Monday night. Now, this was a game that I had made the prediction. I thought it was Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. The Eagles coming in had lost five of six. Just not right. They didn't have A.J. Brown. Didn't have any favors heading, you know, for them. But it's still people want to hate on Baker Mayfield. The fact that they were eight and eight. But they get to the playoffs. And Baker thrives on proving people wrong. You've heard me talk about this throughout these episodes. I'm a huge fan of Baker. I got to know him when he was at Oklahoma. Got to interview him a couple times. Always very cordial. Always very nice. He's just, he, he loves the game. He's, he's competitive. And he was competitive this night. Baker Mayfield, 22 of 36. 337 yards. Three touchdowns. But what I thought helped was Rashad White having 72 yards on 18 carries. He looked phenomenal. This I'm going to say this too. Devonta Smith, former Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, he's that dude. But somebody else had to make some plays. Dallas Gobert, Goddard, Goddard had one touchdown, and he's yelling at, at Jalen on the sidelines. Tampa Bay got started early. Here's Love. Pressure. Back foot throw. Wrong one. Sorry. It's third down and seven. Mayfield wide open. There's Moore again. His second catch. Still working through this secondary. And a touchdown. Tampa Bay. No flags. The thing that surprised me about the game was the terrible tackling from the Philly defense. There were some tackles or attempts that... Looked like they hadn't played football ever. It just like they gave up. But Philly was fighting. The fighting fills. He catches 98 yards for Devontae Smith. Hurts keeps wide open. A walk-in touchdown for Goddard. There's a touchdown to Goddard. And that was pretty much it. For the Philadelphia Eagles. But Tampa played really well. I, pull, I, I called this one on the upset. But they've got to start having some answers on the offensive side of the ball. Second and four. Here's another broken tackle. This is the rookie, Trey Palmer, and he is gone. Touchdown, Buccaneers. That's one of the plays. If you go back, look up this play. Trey Palmer score. Bradbury. I, terrible tackling. Terrible tackling. And then the final score to really close it out is just when it goes your way, it's going your way. And it was going the way for Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Well inside field goal range, lofted up. Godwin 
touchdown, Tampa Bay. Godwin. There you had Godwin with the touchdown. Tampa Bay wins 34-9. to 32-9, sorry. Just unbelievable. So that sets up your divisional round. And, and I love... I love that Baker Mayfield went out there and played the game that he did. He's out there having fun, messing with people back and, you know, just having a good time. And he went out and spun it. Baker thrives on proving people wrong. He wants to tell them, kiss my ass. He wants to make that play. But it brings up the divisional round now, starting on Saturday. Got the uh, teams that had a bye in action. The 49ers and the Ravens. The Ravens will host the Houston Texans, which could be an interesting game. 28 degrees. C.J. Stroud played up in Ohio and Michigan, so, I mean, he's played in some cold-weather games. I think he'll, you know, I, I want to see what they do. I want to see. But the spreads, there's a lot of big spreads. Baltimore's favored by nine. Then you got the Packers 49ers. Everything is trending towards Ravens 49ers Super Bowl again. Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle, all those guys. What can they do defensively against Jordan Love? On Sunday, a couple other good games. Buccaneers at the Lions. (laughs) How about when Todd Bowles was asked by a reporter about trying to acclimate his team to playing in the Detroit weather? He was like, um, we play inside. There's a dome. We'll be okay. We're going to be outside for like 20 seconds. Then the Chiefs and Bills, another cold, frigid game. That one's close. Buffalo favored by three. So you got Texans, Ravens, Packers, 49ers, Bucks, Lions, and Chiefs, Bills. Should be a lot of fun. Now, here's one of my favorite segments. Here's the snap. Look, swing play to Payne. He's looking to the 10, cuts outside, five. Touchdown, give him a sixer, Brian Payne. Peyton Gavers looking for a pass down the far side. Caught, touchdown, Corbin Cleveland. Give him a sixer. It's time for my give him a sixer. Six picks of what I think will happen this weekend. Talking about the NFL divisional round. I would take the Texans plus nine. Actually, picking the game, I would take the Texans plus the nine. But I would definitely take the over of 43 and a half. I'll take the over. 49ers Packers. 49ers favored by nine. I I think the the 49ers destroy Green Bay. I don't think that one's close. I could be wrong. Just what I think. Lions, Bucks. I love Baker. I hope he plays well. Detroit's just kind of on a mission. I mean, who's not rooting for Detroit right now? Chiefs, Bills. I think Josh Allen is going to revert back to what we've seen. Now, they're a good, fun football team, but Travis, Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Pacheco, Reed, all these guys, they're still the defending Super Bowl champions. And I think they have what it takes to get it done. I would take Kansas City plus three, and I would take that win. That's my picks for... The NFL playoffs. Now, looking ahead to college basketball, I'm going to talk a little bit about basketball. Just some of the scores 
Uh, if we see what's going to happen on Saturday, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Baylor, Texas. Uh, where are some big games? Central Florida's playing Houston. Now Houston, uh, Central Florida knocked off Kansas. Big 12 is just a murderer's row. Iowa State and TCU. Kansas, West Virginia. Oklahoma's playing West Virginia tonight at the Lloyd Noble Center. Texas Tech and BYU. UConn, number one. It's been a while since UConn's been number one. Ole Miss and Auburn, two top 25 teams in the SEC. I like it. I will take Oklahoma for the victory over Cincinnati. And I like Creighton to beat Seton Hall. That's my give them a sixer, six picks. Did I mention the Yes. You know what? what let's the... um let's double I back here. On these I, I paused it. I apologize. <laughs> Boom. Love it. It's time. We're going to talk a little bit about winter comfort food. Rate your soups. Nothing to me. I mean, last night I'm doing schoolwork. My wife brings me up her homemade tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. Amazing. It's probably one of the best grilled cheese sandwiches I've had. Now, I've seen some people freaking out about using mayonnaise instead of butter. It's oil and eggs. It's what it is. But if I'm rating my soups, top five soups, I think number five, I'm going potato soup. I've made a load of potato soup that was phenomenal. Love it. My wife makes this tortellini sausage soup, which I think is amazing. Uses kale, really spicy Italian sausage, and nice tortellinis. It, the flavors kind of meld. So you got potato soup or tortellini soup. I like good classic chicken noodle. Classic chicken noodle you can't beat, right? You can't. And then I got to say a butternut squash soup. My wife makes that. Phenomenal. And then the uh, tomato soup. The homemade tomato soup. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. So what's your five top soups? Again, you see down here, you see the different socials on X, on TikTok, here on YouTube, on Instagram. Let me know. What are your top five soups? It's soup weather. Now, we're going to get into, like, Super Bowl foods and stuff like that, playoff munchies. Yeah. But that's that's my wife's tomato soup. That's my number one. Love it. Love it. Love it. Guys, I appreciate you joining me. This has been a fun ride. We're through the college football season, heading on to the NFL playoffs. Now, the NBA, Thunder, NBA's underway. College basketball's underway. Really going to deep dive into basketball. College softball's around the corner. I'm going to try to get... Chris Plank to come on. I'm going to try to get uh, JT Gasso, assistant coach at Oklahoma, one of the most dominant teams in all of sports. Try to get him to come on, talk about the Oklahoma softball program, their move to the SEC, and what it means for softball. But guys, again, for everybody that's shared it, everybody that's listened, everybody that's followed, subscribed, interacted with this podcast, with this dream of mine, with this passion of mine, I just want to say thank you. It means a lot. Because I enjoy doing this. 
and I enjoy trying to bring a different perspective in the world of sports. But again, it's everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their likes and dislikes. Maybe I'm not your cup of tea, but maybe I am. And maybe you know somebody who would enjoy the show. So please remember to share, let people know about the show. And remember, love yourself, love the people in your family, and remember to always positively move forward. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites with your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth-watering sports-related tales or favorite game day recipes, share them with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.